You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at SeedGeek. Use our promo code LO Hornets on the free SeatGeek app to get $20 for your first purchase. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, we are inching closer to draft night. It's like a month away. It is a month away, and we've still got some uh, basketball, some real basketball left. Yeah. Uh, including one more, at least probably one more game of the Eastern Conference Finals. It, it pulled me back in, David. I'm, gonna, I'm going to admit it. <laughs> I know I said that I was going to boycott the rest of the conference finals, but as as you'll find, David, and as our listeners will find, I like Sean Hannity. Don't don't interpret anything I say to mean anything. Like you said <laughs> last night on the show. Okay, um, we got to talk about that game last night though, because for a half it looked like Boston may have pulled themselves back into this thing, but then the second half happened, and now it looks like it's over again. Just like I thought. Yeah, I keep forgetting Isaiah Thomas is out for the series. Like, every time I turn it on and the Celtics are up, I'm like, well, you know, they, you figure they would get back into it. And then I recall that Isaiah is out, and it's even more astonishing. And the whole LeBron thing last night, like, he was just having some sort of out-of-body experience. I mean, the four fouls is one thing, but I guess that affected the rest of his play. But he did not look like himself. And then you look up at the end of the game, and, you know, 34 points. Uh, <laughs> a pretty good game from from old LeBron. And, yeah, you just feel like they got that one. I don't know. I mean, you, you, I think the Celtics will definitely give them a, a run when they get back in Boston. They'll be a little more energized in that building maybe. But, nah. I mean, the, nah. the result, though, right, it's, it feels inevitable. Uh, LeBron James was frustrated in that first half because he had four fouls, and I thought he was playing a little tentatively at the open of the second half, trying not to pick up that fifth foul, which would have been devastating. But then – uh, Boston, who's just, it was all skill-based, right? I mean, Horford's finesse game, you had Bradley pulling up from mid-range, you had Kelly Olenek uh, driving to the basket and threes, yeah. and there's some defensive issues with Cleveland that that might get exposed, uh, not might, will get exposed by by the Golden State Warriors. I think Cleveland's going to have to score 1,000 points a game to uh, win a seven-game series with the Warriors. But it was all skill for Boston, and eventually those shots uh, stopped going in, and that's when Cleveland was able to get into transition. Plus, you had Marcus Smart, who was the hero of of that Game 3 win for Boston, doing all of the Marcus Smart things. He was like a greatest hits album of Marcus Smart things. He was banking threes, and then he was airballing, then he was throwing inexplicable passes into the stands. He was like one of those Time Life CD collection commercials that plays like five seconds of each song. You have an M song? It was great. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to explain what that is to probably half the audience. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, okay. First of all, let's start with CDs. Okay. Well, they were. They were. It stands for compact disc, <laughs> and and you put them into a machine that would then play music, um, mm-hmm. a lot like records. Okay, I'm gonna have to explain what a record is. No, um, <laughs> but uh, Marcus Smart. Somebody is going to. Well. Somebody's going to trade for Marcus Smart because Boston's going to make Marcus Smart available because they've got to start clearing, making some tough decisions to try to pull in a guy like Gordon Hayward. And I just want that team to know 
that you get game three Marcus Smart, but you also you get, get game four Marcus Smart. You get it all. That's the key. Also, LeBron James missed a wide open dunk on a perfect outlet pass. Did you see that play, David? Of course I saw it. If you didn't see it live, it was on Twitter. That to me. Uh, a good portion of the night. That to me, well, and, and an incredible, they didn't slow-mo it though. They seem to be slow-moing every single replay on Twitter. Uh, Fanta, hashtag phantom cam. Um, <laughs> it's blowing up my Twitter face. Like, all right, calm down, NBM. I'm literally watching the game live. That and his uh, alleged double dribble or carry or what have you on the baseline. Did you see that one? Well, yes. I mean, I mean, I didn't see it because I don't know if it necessarily. Well, the thing is, it's like some of these calls that were going against LeBron James. The the best was his reaction to it. Like, wait a minute, no, no, you're not supposed to. That's not what you're supposed to do. Don't Someone do that. Did not get the memo. Yeah. What What is this? <laughs> this is not what happened in the regular season. Um, but he missed my that. Favorite, one. The, yeah. Oh, sorry. My, my favorite was was the standing was the was the horse uh, shot the the standing. When he was facing the opposite way and just jumped off at two feet and spun yes. in the air, that was, yes. that was nice. But I think that missed dunk proved to me definitively, once and for all, that we are in a giant Matrix-type simulation. Because that dunk goes in 99 <laughs> out of 100 times. I mean, it's a, a statistical anomaly. It's the red dress to me. I'm just saying. Too high. We're all in a simulation. Too high, Your I guess. It happens, from, it happens from time to time. <laughs> You're right. You are Debbie Downer. Um, okay. All, uh, here's all I'm saying. Boston fans better buy some tickets if they want to see the Celtics in Game 5 because this thing is over. They're not going to see the Celtics again. This thing is over in 5. Boston takes care of business. or uh, Cleveland takes care of business uh, in Boston, and we've got Cleveland and Golden State coming up in the finals. And uh, if you do buy tickets... You better use SeatGeek because the whole process of buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And the problem is the the older ticket sites don't want to change anything. They don't want to do anything about it. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and a website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. The app tells you where the best deals are by searching a variety of ticket sites, saving you time and money. SeatGeek does all the work for you, and you save money. Here's the best part. Our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. Here's what you have to do to get your $20 rebate on tickets. Download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS. That's L-O-HORNETS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. A lot of events going on. Summertime, it's concert season. A lot going on in Charlotte. Hit that SeatGeek app up. Download it. Enter promo code LOHORNETS today. Let's jump right into some draft talk, David. We've got another excellent draft profile, this time from the guys over at Tomahawk Nation, who stopped by to talk to us about Jonathan Isaac. Very interesting, very exciting prospect out of FSU. I'm joined by Matt Minnick, head basketball beat writer, and Kurt Weiler, beat writer for Tomahawk Nation, the SB Nation blog on the Florida State Seminoles. Let's take a listen. Talk to me, Matt, about what you saw in his tournament performance that was encouraging he got a few games in there yeah so uh 
Jonathan did in the tournament well. He he performed well in the area that he kind of performed in well all season. Uh, he he's a tremendous rebounder, particularly on the defensive uh, glass. Uh, he, he you know not only has great length, um, but also just seems to understand positioning well on on the glass. So he uh, you know he had double digit. Uh, defensive rebounds in both tournaments, in both tournament games, excuse me, uh, against Florida Gulf Coast and Xavier, uh, and and that's an area that obviously when you're playing March basketball, uh, securing securing defensive boards is is a big uh, a big priority. Uh, he also, you know, he particularly in the Florida Gulf Coast game, uh, he, he's the kind of guy that even when um, his you know he doesn't need to be scoring a lot in order to impact the game a lot. Uh, he had you know a handful of assists. He had a couple blocks. Uh, he had a couple steals. Had some steals in both games. So he, he kind of just stuffs the stat sheet uh, and, and is able to defend you know really probably four different positions on the court and disrupt the other team's uh, offense. So uh, that's that's what we've seen from him all season and what he was able to do in March as well. And Kurt, would you say that defense is really where Isaac's strength lies? You can say that, absolutely. I think what Matt said is dead on. He can really defend almost anywhere on the floor. I mean, honestly, he might get outmatched by some centers, but even then he can kind of hold his own. He, but he really does so many things different well. He can, he can create intensity. Florida State really thrived this year on playing a very intense defensive scheme, and he was one of the guys on the team, especially of the NBA-ready guys, who fit that very well. And just, but he also just does so many other things. And he, he's the kind of guy on a different night he could go for seven blocks, three steals, or or fifteen rebounds. I mean, it, what can he do? Is more the question. Well, let's ask that question, Matt. What can't Jonathan Isaac do? What are some of his weaknesses that when uh, you know he gets up into the NBA that he's going to be dealing with? He can, especially for his size, score from anywhere on the floor. For, for a guy his size, he shoots the three pretty well. He can he can hit the mid-range. I mean, obviously, and up close, yes. He's a guy, sometimes you want him to see him call his own play a little more often. That You saw other guys on the team, and he sometimes in moments did that, but there are also moments, especially you look at the second half of that Xavier game when it's all going south. He's a guy who maybe could get the offensive spark you needed to get that going. And as talented as he can be, you want to see him more, more willing to kind of be that guy who can shoot 20 shots if that's what what's required on that night. Yeah. And I, so I would probably, you know, first of all, we should preface that, uh, you know, he's an 18 year old kid who's a, you know, almost a surefire lottery pick. So when we're talking about weaknesses here, we are, you know, picking, you know, nitpicking areas, but, um, I think that, you know, part of what Kurt's talking about, about not necessarily taking over games offensively, I'm not sure that right now he has kind of the skill set to take over a game offensively. He can shoot the spot up three. Um, he can, you know, give you a one dribble pull up jumper, but you know, he, his handles probably a little, a little high, a little loose in order to really attack folks off the dribble. Um, he's not, he, he has a developing post game, but being that, you know, as skinny as he is, it's not like he's going to go and bang down low. So I, I think that he just ha- probably has a lot, pro- super high ceiling, but just some room to grow in terms of, um, like Kurt said, impacting the game, uh, from, from dominating on the ball, as opposed to just more taking what the offense or what the other team's defense is giving him. 
And Kurt, what do you see as his ideal role in in the NBA? More in the more immediate sense, I, I mean, he'll step in and be a big contributor right away. He's not the guy who you're going to have step in like Matt alluded to and be your your guy you look to as the guy who gives you your leading score numbers right off the bat. I think his biggest thing he has going for him is that his his ceiling is very untapped. Like is is it, it's ridiculously high in terms of all they could accomplish. He's a guy who it will give you effort no matter what. If you, if you're, if you're looking for people, if you're facing a deficit, something like that and need effort, he's the guy who dating back to non-conference play against games in games. The Florida state probably won by 25, 30 is diving on the floor for loose balls. That that's just how he is. He, he can't really, and doesn't really turn that off. So he can kind of fit and the, the versatility of him is he can fit wherever you need him. He can flex, probably anywhere from realistically, I mean, guarding a, a two through a five and somewhat even a one. And Matt, what, what kind of team do you think would, would really appreciate the, the services of Jonathan Isaac? I, I definitely think, you know, you would need a, a point guard who is an established point guard that can set teammates up. Um, you know, Florida State was fortunate to have an experienced guy this year at point. Xavier Tan Mays, who was able to really do a lot of get in the paint and just lob, you know, alley-oops up to Isaac or kick him out to corner threes. Uh, so, you know, obviously the Hornets have Kimba for that. Uh, I also think, though, that, like Kurt said, you're going to need someone else to initially be your dominant scorer. Uh, you know, Isaac is going to be able to be a Swiss Army knife on defense, and he's going to be able to give you energy and um, efficient offense, right? You know, he's gonna whether he's a sixth man off the bench or whether he's you know you're starting uh, small forward, he's gonna give you efficient offense, but not volume offense. At least not at the beginning of his NBA career. But you're gonna need someone else that's capable of taking over that, that dominant scoring role. So it seems like, David, that Jonathan Isaac could initially be a six-man option, according to the guys, Matt and Kurt, but is a player that certainly could develop into a primary role player. Might not necessarily be a primary score, but a primary role player for a team down the line. If the Hornets were to somehow land with Jonathan Isaac, what would the fit be? Well, I think he checks that box that we've been talking about when uh, with athleticism and explosiveness, right? I mean, he's so long and so athletic that he gives them a guy they they really don't have a lot of the, that could come in and just shake things up, especially on defense. I think, but I mean, I, I think his energy level from what we saw at Florida State, like he's just his length would cause problems for a lot of people. But um, the scoring thing is is interesting. I mean, it's also interesting. We talked about this a little earlier in the week. Like he's not a guy that you, you hear about sliding up or down or necessarily slotted in one place. He's just kind of assumed to oh, be going man. like, what's that? We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about this pre-show, but I wrote the same thing down. I think he seems like he might be the guy in the top 10 that gets pegged with a team very early on because it yeah. makes too much sense. And he doesn't get talked about up in uh, the run up to the draft. And then he either moves way up or way down of, of, of that projection because, again, no one was talking about him except with one team. With him, it's with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. So, yeah, you never know. I mean, could you see You could see him sliding, I guess, because all these other guys around him seem to be either fits or penciled in 
for one team or another. So it'll be interesting to watch. I, for the Hornets, though, I think, you know, he, he doesn't bring – they're looking for several things, right? One of them is hopefully another complimentary score. It doesn't sound like he's going to be able to do that right away, but be more of an energy guy, right? Yeah, an energy guy, a, a defensive guy, an athletic guy, somebody who can finish. He's He needs to get a little quicker in transition. Um, the ringer.com lists his best case scenario as a longer Harrison Barnes or Marvin Williams. First, okay. though, we have to ask, David, what I saw that I immediately asked, which Marvin Williams? Is it the Harrison Barnes? <laughs> uh, I like it. Which which Marvin Williams is it? The the Marvin Williams that people thought that they were getting when he was drafted second overall, or is it the Marvin Williams that Marvin Williams turned into this three and D uh, powerhouse who could block shots, and the Marvin Williams that we saw like the second half of this past season, and then the entirety of the season before that. Which Marvin Williams are they talking about? That's an important question. Second, though, when I watch him, I actually see like a taller Brandon Ingram type of game, mm-hmm. except except uh, Jonathan Isaac can play defense legitimately. I see uh, th- this is like the highest of the highest ceiling, David, but I see a little bit of Kevin Durant light. Whoa, whoa, whoa. His scoring will have to come a long way. But he can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, his, yeah. his scoring and his handle, because in co- in college he got away with some things with his handle in terms of being able. I mean, he he could do a dribble pull up, and he could he could go inside and, and pull up from mid range. But you could see in that handle that there were a lot of things going on that NBA defenders would expose that they don't expose against Kevin Durant because it's so tight. So a lot of things would have to develop, but that's what you're getting with a Jonathan Isaac. You're getting a developmental project, but I see a little bit of, I mean, he's 6'11", 7'1", wingspan, 9'1", standing reach. I mean, those are really, really, really exciting numbers. Yeah, those are jump-off-the-page numbers. And, I mean, uh, truthfully, those are two pretty good floors. I mean, if you're talking about the worst of, of Marvin, maybe not the very worst of Marvin and Harrison Barnes, but, I mean, those are that's two pretty good, you know, if you get the the average of those two, that's not bad. It's not a bad player. I mean, somebody's going to play in the league for a long time. What would the average of those two players be? The average of Harrison Barnes and, and Marvin Williams. And, well, and Kevin Durant. Because that's the ceiling, or the like, the, a lengthy forward, maybe like a Jalen Rose. Would that be? Oh, man, he'd have to get much bigger. The average, if you add Harrison Barnes, Kevin Durant, basketball math. Hashtag do the math. Marvin, oh my god. Well, think this, about that's it. That's a good. I need to get my spreadsheets out for Let's that. Let's think one. about it and thing. then that's tweet it. Hey, tell us your answers. It's yeah. Let us know on uh, Twitter at Locked On Hornets or Buzz Buzz at Locked On Hornets dot com. Oh hey, speaking of Buzz Buzz at Locked On Hornets dot com, uh, this is very. I'm doing this in the moment, but I want to pull up. I've got an email from Coach Billy. I mean, this we have to read this. Oh, that's not going to work. All right, let me pull it up from this computer. <laughs> Coach Billy, commenting on our Justin Jackson show, says, Hey guys, wish we could trade down and still get Justin. I agree he would be a perfect fit. He's always improving, good shooter, high IQ, long arms, 
excellent passer, best floater in the draft. He will not struggle defensively. How many teams even post up three men? And don't you dare bring up LeBron James because no one can guard him. (laughs) I love the Coach Billy sass. Coach Billy sass is the best kind of sass. Justin is not a backup. He's better than MKG right now. MKG is a non-threat on offense. MKG coming off the bench for energy is better for the Hornets and MKG. Go Hornets. And that's from Coach Billy. Excellent stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's some caping out there for Justin Jackson. It's coming around. I'm and I'm not sure. What, like I, I'm not sure Billy is is like a, a like a UNC fanatic or anything. So I, don't I think, think so. I don't think he is. So that's coming like purely from his just love of Justin Jackson's game. Uh, I think he's he's shortchanging MKG's offensive abilities a little bit just in terms of mm. what he get. Well, what he create. Here's the thing. He his shooting obviously not there at all. But right. He gives them more offensive possessions with his offensive rebounding, with his hustle plays on defense. I mean, he creates offense in other ways, but it looks like Billy thinks that that would just be better on the bench. I'm not sure Justin Jackson's ready to come into the league and plug in as a starter necessarily, um, but we certainly both talked about yesterday that we liked Justin Jackson's uh, upside yeah. for sure. And I, re- I was reading yesterday, he's one of the fastest risers in the draft, fast riser. It's one of the cool draft terms you'll hear a lot over the next That's month good. or so. It sounded really, really official. <laughs> especially above uh, with the upperclassmen because a lot of things we talked about, not to delve back into our uh, Justin Jackson review from yesterday, but look, I mean, a guy who played three years, I think he's going to wow some people in his workouts. He's going to interview well, right? If he shoots the ball well, he could have a chance to shoot up in this draft board. And, you know, the Hornets have been known to fall in love with people. So I, I just think he could do worse. I mean, honestly, I think – People are going to moan and groan either way, but I think uh, I think Coach Billy's right. He would bring a lot to the table that could be useful for the Hornets, and I think he's going to. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to sh- uh, to see him shoot up that draft board. I mean, there's a lot of top ducks. It's a month left. There's a lot of stuff that could go down. There's a more. Yeah, there's more than a month. Oh no, less than a month left. June twenty second. You know, the draft is kind of early this season. It's usually like really, really towards the end of June. Well, you got to make room for the. Uh, you know, the thing everyone's looking forward to, the, the NBA award show, inaugural NBA award show. I love it. Roll roll out the red carpet. Uh, it, I you don't know, love it. We have to talk about that. Well, let's talk. Why don't you uh, – let's talk about it now. There's no time like the present. Why don't you like it? Well, generally, I, I like award shows, but I don't really like sports award shows. I just – it's not necessary. Uh, no one is going to watch this thing. Um, the I mean, maybe for the MVP, but it just – they are – I mean, I know why they're doing it. Want to kind of extend the season and have you know an NBA talking point at each point in the year and, and drag the thing out, but like it's just it's too much. I, honestly, I mean, uh, are you going to watch this? I mean, I say I'm not going to watch it. Like you said, you're not going to watch any more of the conference finals, but I may tune in. This is not appointment television for me. What is the allure of? Award shows, regular award shows, award well, shows like for award other shows. entertainment product. Of course, I don't. I know it's rich people. Well, I, I, it's I, rich I, people giving uh, rich people more rich it. things. Like, of course, I, it's, it's just absurd. It's absurd that you know we all take you part in this like entertainment. The, you don't like the Grammy? Or the, well, no, like the Grammys. Uh, the, the, the Grammys the don't like the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but but what I'm saying is the 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 allure of it, I think, is that you get to see these entertainers in real life, these people who are on movies or you know you hear yeah. them sing, but you don't get to see them really in real life, and so there there's there's that allure. Plus, 
they it's the only award that they get for that. I mean, there are a lot of different awards, but like that's that's, that's the pinnacle. The, yeah. That's the height. But what's weird about sports award shows is that they already already all compete for award the the the, the championship the the award. It's part of their job, right? And so, and this is real life. Like they are real people existing as, as real athletes competing, as opposed to like. You know, this is not a movie. I mean, they make movies about basketball. Those never win awards. When I saw that, it just blew my mind. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. This all started with the NASCAR awards. I knew that was a bad idea. It's gone into football. Now it's in basketball. They tried the player awards, which was Spreading a disaster like a, disease. a couple of years ago. It's just, it's not needed. And 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 uh, what, what's the other thing they're dragging out? The, the all NBA voting, I guess they're gonna, how are they going to, although I'm interested to see how they release this. Like, will they bring all the writers up on stage and just shame the one that didn't put LeBron <laughs> on the first team? Now I'd be, that would be interesting. That's great. They, yeah, they, just they pants them. Do it that way. Yeah. Just, just game of Thrones, shame them, uh, make them walk through the aisles. David, it's not even Memorial day yet. And we have some saucy off season rumor action for you. Are you ready for this one? You know it. This report comes from AmicoHoops.com. According to the report, former six overall pick and Golden State Warrior big Epe Udo is trying to get back into the league for the second straight season. And the Hornets are among several teams who have expressed interest. Udo was named MVP of the EuroLeague uh, Final Four and, quote, may be looking for a return to the NBA. How much credence do you give this rumor? Do I? I don't give it that much. Zero. <laughs> the Hornets are, yeah, the Hornets are. Yeah, the Hornets are mentioned amongst other teams, um, and I don't know how much. I don't know what kind of legs this thing has, Doug. I'm not expecting to see him sign on. Although I will say this, uh, we've talked about how strapped the Hornets are, and they're going to have to get creative. So I mean, this is one route to go down. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that they're exploring some, uh, you know, options. Uh, that they can that they can look at, but I don't think this one really has any traction as of yet. So I was racking my brain trying to figure out a way to sort of rate this rumor because we're going to be hearing a lot of rumors yeah. around not only the Charlotte Hornets but all the teams. Uh, free agency is just full of rumors. Some of them uh, come from reputable sources, and some of them come from forum boards that are merely talking about potential free agency acquisitions acquisitions or trades and then those get turned into rumors we've we've talked extensively about how some of these rumors get made and i was racking my brain trying to figure out a way to sort of scale this uh so i'm watching the bachelorette right now as a favor to uh producer katie not normally right. one of the television programs i tune into right, uh, right in right. reality it's a hey uh, producer Katie, thanks for supporting my dream. So let's share a common interest kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's some due diligence. Uh, but I am, you know, it's, it's the kind of TV, David, that is built, uh, so well that it, it's, it's always going to be entertaining. You're always going to find yourself sucked into it. You have to actively think like, this is not healthy. I should not be consuming this. Um, but it's but it's built so well that it's always entertaining. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. So, so it's a good product. They so, packaged it well. It's easy to consume. Right. So now that I've now that I've tried to justify myself watching it, so I'm going to use it to to scale some of these rumors. 
I've got to put it to use somehow in my life to, to continue to justify it. So I'm going to rank this rumor and all future free agency rumors to characters. They're not even people. Talk about entertainment and fake real. Like these are characters on a television show. So I'm going to rank them by characters on The Bachelorette. So if you watch it, great. If you don't, I'll explain it. Don't worry. This rumor is Josiah. It's heart is in the right place, but I don't trust it for a second. I don't trust this rumor for a second, mainly because it comes from AmicoHoops.com. While Sam Amico is a quote NBA insider, um, I just th- there have been a few rumors from that site that have really been kind of nowheresville, and. I don't trust this particular rumor for a second, but I think its heart is in the right place because it is reflective of how creative the Hornets will have to get this offseason. Getting back to what you said, I think they'll be in plenty of discussions and be interested in a lot of players because they will almost certainly lose out on some because of, as we talked about with Danny LaRue yesterday, how tight their cap situation is going to be. They're going to have to uh, be in a lot of discussions and lose out on a few. Um, But it's just like Josiah on The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette, David, I'm going to explain to you. The Bachelorette is a a lawyer. She's a defense lawyer. Mm -hmm. She has a real job. This is nice. This is a nice change for the Bachelor franchise. And they've brought people on this time that have real jobs. Like like Josiah, who is a prosecutor, that's a real job. He's not like a sea lion, uh, no, a a a um, a prospective sea lion tamer or wow. something like that. No, this guy has a real job. Independent businessman. Yes, that's a popular. But but he comes into this competition, David, and he makes a classic mistake that a lot of people make in dating, which is t- to have something in common with someone, but then assume that that's what they immediately want to talk about. They're both lawyers, and he just goes in there so strong with the lawyer talk. Try, try, try again. And I knew it was a mistake <laughs> from the let's jump. Talk, let's talk shop. Like he went right. No, you were, on, mean, you were on a fantasy land TV show in a mansion with like 30 other dudes, and you want to talk about work. It was did just, he make the cut? Is he still there? He barely. Spoiler? spoiler okay. Barely made the cut. Yeah, we're going to spoil this. sharpen it up. Um, so, but that's why, this is why it gets the Josiah rating because I feel like his heart was in the right place. Like, oh my God, she, she, she shares my interests. She's going to really dig that I'm a prosecutor and he, but it was just, I don't trust it. I don't trust that he can maintain on the show because, um, that's a, that's just, it was such a strategic mistake. Well, I love this new development. I look forward to more Bachelorette <laughs> comparisons throughout the summer. Don't let anyone ever shame you for your TV watching either. You watch what you want and you enjoy it. Don't let anyone ever tell you to feel bad you about it. You know what? But. You're so right, David. I honestly, I feel <laughs> like um, TV is a very personal thing, a very personal choice. I feel mm-hmm. like TV hits you at the right place at the right time. And that's right. No one should ever be judged for their television watching. Only only movies that you haven't seen. That's the only thing that we should judge you on. <laughs> you haven't seen Pulp Fiction? You haven't seen Pulp Fiction? That's the only Gump. thing we should hey, judge you on. Uh, this, I believe this was the source of the infamous MKG for Harrison Barnes trade at one point. Is that not right? Amico? Yeah. Is that ringing I any bells it. for you? I believe yeah, it. Sounds right. These uh, the uh, told, we gotta. I'm gonna go dig back in the archives and find our explanation of how the 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 rumor churn starts because it was very interesting oh hey doug i've got a trivia question for you real quick our our listeners out there if you don't get this real quick we'll take the emails but 
There's one college that has a player representative on each of the four conference finals teams. Do you know what that college was? On uh, on each of the conference finals teams. Mm-hmm. Warriors, Spurs, Cavs, Celtics. One college has a player on each team. Oh, man. I'm racking my brain right now. I know. Do but, we want to hold it? Yeah, and, and let's. We, okay. I'll give you some chance to think about it. You can you can text me. We can have some emails in. Well, I feel like this is an easy one to research. You know what? Just give it to me now. Oh, of course. I just want to know now. Of course, now. it's easy. All right, spoiler. Hexis. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant. Yep. Who do we got? Kev- so, Kevin Durant. Then on. Who's, uh, who's, who's from the Spurs? Aldridge. Oh, yeah. Avery Bradley. Yep. And Tristan Thompson. And you know the one I couldn't think of? I knew it was Texas, but the one I forgot was Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, yeah, Kevin Durant and LaMarcus, both both uh, sort of transplants onto their teams. Yeah. Nowhere near the team that drafted them. So that may, it makes it difficult. There That's a good go. trivia question. I like that trivia question. Guess where that came from? Our good friend Alan from Frame Warehouse. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, visit framewarehouse.com. Get the best deal on your next framing project. Hey, we're out of time. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. Be like Coach Billy. We're back again tomorrow with more Hornets and NBA news and analysis. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.